Okay, let's pray. Father, we're thankful for this day that we have to glorify thy name, to look at thy creation, to ponder upon its magnificence and the craft that you've um, put into it. We pray that as we would hear thy word, that we would appreciate uh, a little more the creation that thou has made and thou as the creator. Be with us, watch over us. Bless the reading of the word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So I would like if you would turn with me to Luke chapter 17. Uh, what brought this passage to mind is I was uh, watching a lecture uh, from Professor Feynman, uh, Richard Feynman. Uh, he was a Nobel Prize winning physicist. And in this lecture, he was giving a light um, Toward the end, he said, you know, you have to really think about it to get the pleasure of it. And I thought about that comment. You have to really think about it to get the pleasure of it. And as we would read uh, this morning, we're going to read from Luke 17, uh, verses 11 through 19. Um, we're going to talk about that idea. But I did want to share a little bit more because as uh, Professor Feynman was talking about um, light, he said, imagine a pool. And in this pool, um, you know, somebody jumps in and there are waves created in this pool. And as those waves are going about, um, you, you, if, you know, you can also imagine that there was this little bug uh, sitting on the surface of this pool. And that if he had sufficient cleverness, he might be able to, from the waves going up and down, determine what's happening in the pool. And then he related this to, to sight. This is how we see things all the time. Um, as you're looking at me, I'm looking at you or a screen, but I can see you through the screen. As we look around our um, area of, of location, we are seeing these waves, these electromagnetic waves, it turns out, um, on about the length of a one one hundred thousandth of an inch. And they're just bouncing around. And it just so happens that we have a little pupil, a hole that lets this electromagnetic radiation in. And it, it really does good straight on. If it's kind of out of the corner of our eye, we have to pivot our eyeballs left and right to, to really focus in. But our eyes are sensors in the electromagnetic spectrum. And then as he went on, um, he was saying, what's also amazing is that when somebody from your left is looking across to somebody on your right, that's not really interfering. This, these waves are bouncing around. They're going out, uh, but they're not interfering with one another. And we can see any, he was thinking deeply about this and, and the play he was getting, his pleasure was understanding and, and trying to understand how this works in the universe. Then he was also talking about infrared light. It's, it's a little bit longer wavelength that like, if you jumped into the pool, there are some choppy waves, little short ones, and some longer ones. And infrared light is a longer wavelength, and we can't see that. Our eyes aren't sensitive to that. But um, he used the example of, of a snake that can see, if you would, uh, infrared, and it can see the little mouse running across his path. Or if, with us, we can feel that, that um, infrared uh, warmth coming from the sun or coming from the heater you have in your bathroom or 
a, a radiant heater that you have um, that you you might be at the store. If there's outdoors, they have a um, infrared radiation coming down and warming your body up. Then he said, you know, if you get even longer wavelengths, you're talking about maybe going into the radio frequency area. And if you doubt that these waves are there, that all of these waves are coming around and through and in our presence, um, you can take a little piece of wire and maybe attach it to a box. And when you play with the knobs, this is a radio, right? You could tune in and hear Radio Moscow or, or some local radio station. You can adjust and you can prove to yourself that it's there. And so this sense that we have of sight is, is pretty amazing that we're able to, with our eyes, see into this uh, electromagnetic spectrum. And all these waves are the same. They're just shorter or longer wavelengths. If you go, you can go into X-rays and gamma rays and all of these waves are bouncing around, vibrating. Um, and some of them we can sense, some of them we, we can't. So when I think about seeing, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Then um, you can talk about hearing. This is another sense that the Lord has given us. So as the eyes have given us the sense of the ability to look at these waves and the vibrations of these waves, um, our hearing is a little different. So our hearing is detecting pressure. And small pressure changes from far away um, migrate through the air, and they are able to come into our ears. And, and our ears are so sensitive in detecting these small changes of pressure that you can even tell there's a timing difference. If it gets to the left ear before the right ear, you kind of know it's over to your left or vice versa. So hearing, that's another amazing thing. I, I remember not too long ago, I was in the front yard and I heard this, it was a roar. I don't know, it was a really hard to define sound. It almost type, sounded like a jet engine, a, a large jet uh, taken off, but it was too close. So I kind of started walking around the house toward the, the backyard and as I'm walking down the side yard, all of a sudden I see this, oh, I don't know, it was two feet in diameter and at least three, four, five feet long, a flame, just a ball of fire uh, coming out. And uh, a couple of the boys, Michael and Timothy, uh, Lori had told them that there was some roof tiles that were stacked on the side of the house and that they needed to move those tiles to a different place but they were filled with spiders, black widow spiders. And so they thought it would be a good idea to get the torch out, to get some brake cleaner out, and to really take care of these black widows by, by this ball of fire. But that sound that it made, uh, I was able to hear from the front yard. You know, nor you can't see around corners, but well, maybe moms can see around corners, but more normal people can't see around corners, but you can hear around corner. And that's another sense, that's another ability that the Lord has designed into us, right? We have the ability to detect electromagnetic radiation in certain wavelengths through our eyes. We have the ability to sense pressure, small pressure differentials. And then also there's um, a sense of smell. Now that's another different type of sense. That's where actual particles uh, in the air are able to come in and um, you come into your nose and you smell them. About four days ago, I, I woke up and instantly I knew there was a fire. And I, I kind of rushed out to the living room and indeed, um, it wasn't a fire at our house, but it had started at my son's house 
not at his house, but maybe a kilometer away from his house, half a kilometer away from his house, uh, up in the hills. He lives in Silverado Canyon. And the night before, about 10 p.m., uh, a fire had started in a house. They put that house out, but it had caught it in the brush. And by 6 a.m. in the morning, that fire had caused 3,600 acres of brush to, to go up in flames and, and much more now. But I can smell that even though it was 12 miles away, you can smell that. And as we think about these these senses that the Lord has given us, um, we use them all the time, we experience them, we walk into the room and uh, we smell cookies in the oven, we're, we're happy. Um, we, we come home, we see our children uh, because of that sense. We hear our children, maybe we're not as happy, maybe we are as happy. But these senses we take for granted. But as we read here, we're going to read Luke 17. And we're going to read about a man who who noticed. He noticed and he went deeper than all the others. So let's read uh, Luke 17, chapter, uh, verse 11. And it came to pass as he went, this is Christ, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them and said unto them, oh, I'm sorry. And when he saw them, he said unto them, go, show yourselves unto the priests. And it came to pass, as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his feet and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. And Jesus said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? These are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. So you have um, these ten men that were lepers. And leprosy, um, really leprosy it has been a problem all the way up until uh, about 80 years ago in that it was considered incurable. Once you got leprosy, uh, your life was changed. Um, not only did you start having physical deformations, not all, you, know, you had sores on your body, there was all sorts of problems physically, but you were a social outcast. And the, a leper had no hope. He had no hope of being cured. And this was their lot in life. And so as they were outside the city, it says, because as it, we read, as Jesus started, he's, as he entered into a certain village, not even a city, there met him 10 men which that were lepers, and they stood afar off. So they social distanced. Even back then, there was such thing as social distancing. And they gave Jesus a space because this was a highly infectious disease. And um, they knew better than to go right up to him. And even though they had no hope, somehow they had a little bit of hope in Christ. Um, we don't know how they heard about Christ. We don't know how they uh, knew about him. Uh, we don't know if, as he was walking, if one of the men looked and said, what, who's that coming? Is that Jesus? You know, and then the rest of them come and look, came and looked, and, 
And yes, yes, it's Jesus, but we don't know all those details, but we do know that somehow they were made aware that Jesus was there and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Interesting that they didn't say, heal us physically. Uh, they said, have mercy on us. And when he, when Christ saw them, he said unto them, go show yourselves unto the priests. And so right there, there's a decision-making process. Um, they had to decide. It, it doesn't say that they were healed. And indeed, if you were a leper and you knew that you could not go and, and be with people, uh, be with the priests even, uh, when you had leprosy until you were clean and, and that wasn't happening, um, they would look at themselves and think, well, you know, I'm not healed. I can't go. We don't know what they were thinking, but we do know their actions. It said that they went. And it said that as they went, they were cleansed. Now, once again, we don't quite know. Um, you know, when we think about another leper that was healed, uh, Naaman the Syrian, if you remember that story, this is another amazing story of faith. If you remember that story, uh, here's Naaman the Syrian. Uh, he has taken a Jewish girl, a Jewish maid, captive. She's serving him in his house, but he has leprosy. So even though they, he was leprous, it doesn't mean that he didn't have his other skills. And um, as she, she saw her master, um, she had pity on him. She had mercy on him. And she said, oh, if the, if the prophet in in Israel would he would see that prophet he could be healed of his leprosy so she communicated that and when you think of the love that she had for somebody that was her captor uh, that's an amazing testimony to her but as he went uh, he comes and he goes to Elijah and he doesn't even get to go to Elijah before he, he gets there he, the servant comes out and says go wash yourself in the uh, Jordan River seven times and Naaman goes away mad, right? These lepers, Christ told them what to do. They went and they started to do it. Naaman, he didn't want to do it. And his servants had to convince him that this was something to do. And so finally, uh, he does it. He dips himself seven times. And from that passage, it seems that, you know, on dip one, he wasn't any better than dip two or than dip three or four or five or six. But as he came up on that seventh time, his, he was cleansed. He was healed. We don't know if that's what happened here. But it seems to imply that it says, it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. So it's almost as if as they were going along, step by step, kilometer by kilometer, however far it was, that their source um were going away, that their disfigured hands were becoming undisfigured, right? That they were being cleansed of this leprosy. So 10 obeyed the word, 10 went, 10 were healed, but only one noticed. And what do I mean by that? They all noticed it seems that they were healed, but only one noticed that deeper like Feynman, he, when we think, when we see, when we hear, when we we uh, smell, 
Well, we don't take we take it for granted, but uh, Feynman he thought deeper, deeper. And here this this um, man with leprosy, he thought deeper. And what did he do? The first thing he did as he noticed it says, um, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed. So first off, he noticed. Turn back. So not only did he notice, but he stopped. He was on a mission. He was already in his mind. He was going uh, to the priests. And that was a happy thing. He had somewhere that he needed to go go quick because he had been an outcast for so long. Um, and that was going to be his focus. That was the focus of the nine. Whatever they were doing, that was their focus. They were going to the priests. But this man, he notices that he was healed. He knowed, he, he knew from whence that healing came. So he stopped. He turned back. He stopped what he was doing. He turned back. And it says he glorified God. No, let's clarify. It says with a loud voice, he glorified God. You know, a lot of times in our lives, we notice. And a lot of times we'll even stop a minute, maybe seconds and give praise. But this man with a loud voice, people got to know. People got to know how he was healed, why he was healed. With a loud voice, he glorified God. So he praised God. He praised God loudly. He humbled himself. Um, as we read that he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. So once again, um, he was very, very thankful. And he was a Samaritan. So this implies that this was a mixed group uh, of people. There were some Jews, some Samaritans. And I guess when you're an outcast, um, some of those social constructs uh, fall away and the Jews could congregate with the Samaritans because, you know, they were all in, they all shared a, a different similarity, you know, with the leprosy, right? Now, here was the one man who noticed. There was another man who noticed. There was more than a man, Christ. And Jesus answering said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Where are the nine? Christ noticed the ones who didn't notice. I think this is an important thing. Christ also thinks very deeply, right? Not only did he create us, create all that is, as we read in John 1, but he's concerned about our well-being. He's concerned about how we are and who we are and how we think. Are we like the one who noticed, or are we like the nine that just go on our way idly, um, I say idly, with fervor. We go on our way with fervor on whatever mission that we have in our head today. And when I say mission, I'm, I'm being um, generous. Uh, mission makes it sound like we're going to to um, help the widows or help the orphans, right? But a lot of times our missions are uh, going to the car wash or uh, getting a new pair of shoes, going to the mall, going to be with friends. We 
we have those things which occupy our time and we don't notice we don't take the time to notice the deeper things that are there are we like the nine or are we like the one so christ noticed that the nine didn't notice they are not bound that which return um, that return to give glory to God. Sorry, let me read that again. Verse 18. There are not found that returned to give glory to God, save or except for this stranger. So Christ noticed that. Yes, he noticed both things, right? He noticed the one who gave him glory, who gave him praise, who stopped, who praised him loudly, who humbled himself and thanked him profusely. And he also noticed the ones that didn't. And Christ said unto the man, to the one, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. You know, that implies a little bit more. Uh, in some ways, the nine also, all ten, uh, had the faith to turn around and head toward the priest. But now this, this one, the one, the one who noticed, got an extra blessing. And it, it's an, an implied spiritual blessing, right? Not only did he get a physical healing, but he had a spiritual healing as well. So as we contemplate our life, as we live our life, as we are busy with the mundane things of life, as we see our friends, our family, as we cook a meal, as we go for a walk and look out in nature and see the sun shining or the rain falling, uh, let us understand deeply where that comes from and the, be amazed by God's creation. Be amazed that he notices what we notice. Let's stop. Let's turn around. Let's praise him loudly so that all may know. Let's humble ourselves before him because a lot of times we think we had some great accomplishment, but this is all pales in comparison. Let's humble ourselves before him, know our place, and thank him profusely. And Lord bless his word.